All right, everybody. Good afternoon. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. It has uh, been a little bit that uh, Wiz and I have come to you. Uh, let the Super Bowl die down and um, Rams coming away with that victory. And uh, Wiz, I hope you're well. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in the NFL as we, we enter the postseason and uh, get ready for a actually fresh new calendar season in the NFL starting next week, but that does not mean that the news has not been fast and furious over the last few days. How you doing, Wiz? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of a lot of recent flurry of activity. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think, was kind of expected that he'd re-sign some kind of deal with Green Bay. That was his best option of winning. Uh, but Denver kind of like, it looked like they had some trades lined up for Aaron Rodgers, and then they looked like they were ready to roll with... Um, with the Seahawks as well, if that didn't happen. And uh, the Seahawks and talk so much about Pete Carroll that, you know, the things he says, it's, it's kind of laughable. We're never trading him, we're never trading, we're never trading him. And then all of a sudden, just like that, see a trade between the Seahawks and Broncos, trading Russell Wilson to the Broncos. Um, a lot of ramifications of that, what that does to some of the skilled players for Denver, what that does to... Um, the Seahawks receivers, uh, and uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly be talking about that much more in depth uh, as it goes along. And I think since we talked, we've had the retirement of Tom Brady as well, um, or has he retired? <laughs> that seems to be open. And uh, as of today, Carson Wentz traded to the Washington Commanders. Is that their team? Commodore Commanders? Com- Com- Commodores. The Commodores. The Commodores. Um, what trades went to the commanders, um, I thought. No, it's not the cam- commanders. I thought it was the commanders. But uh, in any event. You're right. Um, you're, you're right, commanders. Sorry. Okay. Um, but in any event, you know, a lot of action, carousel, quarterbacks and coaches since we last talked uh, makes it for a lot of fun. Franchise tags took place. Players like uh, Devontae Adams franchised. Cam Robinson was an interesting one by the Jags. Maybe made, that may affect their first pick overall in the draft. And uh, Dalton Schultz is uh, as well by the Cowboys. And uh, and I believe Chris Godwin was another interesting one by the Tampa Bay Bucks. So a lot of stuff going on. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, this is the time where you really start thinking about the season, uh, the upcoming season, when you start getting into free agency. And certainly the NFL draft is something that I know we look forward to as well. Yeah, and based on that, right, there's going to be personnel needs. We saw last week we had a, no- a normal NFL combine again uh, in Indianapolis with, with players uh, actually attending and, uh, and that happening as well. And, and, you know, what teams are going to do given their draft choices. We know there's a number of teams with multiple picks in the first rounds, uh, including a couple of the local teams uh, in this area. Uh, so it definitely makes for uh, a bit of hot stove and water cooler material um, for the for the post for the excuse me for the preseason uh, NFL this year and and how teams will make those draft decisions. We have a tremendous amount of information to discuss as we kind of decipher and go through all that. Uh, but yeah, like and, and you know, in the case of you know, you, you, I'll start with the Tom Brady one, which it does feel kind of open ended. I was listening to an interview with uh, Bruce Arians the other day. You know, not fully committed to the direction of the team. It, it sounded as if 
um, if Tom Brady was not coming back, that in fact Kyle Trask was going to be given first opportunity to win this job. You know, there there are of course ramifications for every single thing that ends up happening, and and Brady moving away from this team, and what happens at some of the other positions. Uh, I think I saw where it sounded as if Ronald Ronald Fournette sounded like he was not going to be part of the the team's future, where uh, he was talking in the past tense on a couple of tweets where he. He thanked people for the opportunity that he had in Tampa Bay the last couple of seasons, you know, getting one one NFL championship, a Super Bowl championship, uh, and, and a successful season this year. Leonard Fournette, before he got injured this year, was actually uh, having a tremendous year. So, yeah, so obviously Brady, big changes. We know that the Rams, they went all in this particular year to win the Super Bowl and ended up paying dividends. They won in their home stadium, uh, albeit as the visitor. Um, there were some rumors circulating about even, even Sean McVay being thrown ridiculous amounts of money to join uh, announcing teams. Uh, doesn't look like it's coming to fruition at this point in time. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's wacky. It's zany all over the place. Uh, but the fallout uh, does have significant uh, impact on what will happen for the upcoming fantasy football season and, you know, kind of how we view different players and, and, and when where the chips lie. And, I go, and I'll talk about Wentz a minute, Wiz. You know, so... I know a play. You and I both felt if he was going to go anywhere and succeed last year, that was the place to succeed. That was in Indianapolis. Kind of started off okay. Um, I think the second half of the season, he was actually terrible. You know, Michael Pittman Jr. disappeared uh, after having a very impactful first half of the season. Tremendous offensive line, a coach that he knew, and a system that he knew. And if Carson Wentz couldn't succeed with that, you know, what on earth is going to happen when he goes to Washington? Uh, you know, I just think that just makes things so cloudy for for the future of Washington. Ron Rivera's got a lot to process uh, there. So, yeah, there's just so many moving parts in this offseason, Wiz. Yeah, there really, really is, and I, you know, there, there's still some interesting things to see. Um, teams without really a quarterback, and 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 the team that you just mentioned that really could be not only a playoff team but could make a run because of Jonathan Taylor and their defense and their offensive line are the Colts, and uh, I'm just wondering who they're going to end up with a quarterback uh, come the start of the season because right now. Uh, I'm not sure if there's anyone in their building that they're happy with, if there's a free agent that they have their eye on. Uh, I, I don't believe they would take another rookie in this draft, so certainly one early. So it's very interesting to see a team that you kind of feel the surrounding cast is good enough to to, to, to be a, a real championship contender without a quarterback coming into the season. Yeah, because the Colts are actually good on both sides of the football, right? You mentioned Taylor, uh, you know, at the moment, probably next to Derrick Henry, uh, the the best running back in the league. Uh, And you could argue that his offensive line is the best offensive line in the league. Uh, Defensively, they're extremely talented as well. This is a team with cap space as well still. So, yeah, it's it's interesting to see in the direction that this is going to go. Currently, the only two quarterbacks that they have rostered right now is a guy that basically was drafted by the Jets a couple of years ago, James Morgan, and has I don't think he's played any NFL snaps. And Sam Ellinger, who was a guy they drafted last year from Texas, uh, was I don't even think he got on the field for the for the Colts at any point in time, but that's what they're left with currently. I cannot see that situation maintaining into the into the start of the regular season or into the start of training camp. Yeah, and there's a lot of interesting things, tidbits coming around the league. The latest is Carolina's got to slip from their building that 
now they're fielding offers for Christian McCaffrey. I'm not sure coming off his injuries the last couple of years, what that would look like. I don't know if that's a little bit of a, a subliminal message to the Texans that there's some business to be had there. Deshaun Watson, uh, McPicks and McCaffrey could be involved in a trade. I mean, at this point, the the, 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 the range of outcomes for Deshaun Watson are, are so wide. I could see any scenario from him not playing football in 2022 if things go wrong to it getting resolved. And then I just think it's down to three teams at this point. I feel if he plays football, he'll be playing for an NFC team. That's number one. They're going to want to trade him out of conference. And I feel it's either going to be Tampa Bay, the Vikings, or Carolina. And it just seems Carolina has, is the one team that certainly is willing to put a lot on the table for the Texans. I just don't know what – he's not going to play for the Texans. I don't know if the Texans are ever going to get their offer met, what they really want. So I think they're going to have to settle for the best offer to improve their franchise and kind of move on. But I, I just feel at this point it's one of those teams. I know he expressed that he you know, said that he would – Go. He would play for the Vikings in Tampa Bay. Makes sense, certainly to Tampa Bay. I'm not sure what the Vikings really feel about Kirk Cousins, but I feel if he does play, it will be down to one of those three teams um, because they're NFC teams, and I, I just think they're the three teams that make the most sense. Yeah, and I'll tell you what else was. You know, first, first off, you know, I, what type of value should a player like Christian McCaffrey actually offer, given the fact that he hadn't, hasn't been able to complete a season uh, in the last three seasons? I think the same could be said about Saquon Barkley, what's happened there with you know, star running backs. We, we've talked about that quite a lot. Uh, and then you mix into, like you said, you've got this Deshaun Watson situation. What's going to happen there? We didn't even mention was the Steelers, who also need a quarterback, right? Uh you know, Drew Locke has been very ineffective as a starter. Uh, the other quarterback they have there, ironically, Wiz, is a guy that you liked potentially to get the job before the trade was made for Car- uh, Carson Wentz. Jacob Eason is in Seattle as well. So, like like I said, there is just a tremendous amount of stuff that we have to process still. Um, and, and, and I think we'll get more clarity. And the one thing we did get clarity on, Wiz, is the Green Bay Packers. You know, you mentioned that Rodgers' best opportunity to win was in Green Bay. Um, Denver so, certainly sound like a promising suitor. Uh, it didn't come to be. He, stay, he stayed with the Packers. Devontae Adams will stay with the Packers. You know, for the most part, the Packers will bring back a very successful defense as well. And this is a place, quite frankly, even though they failed um, in their attempt against the 49ers, but this is still a team that, that should be considered uh, you know, right up there with everybody in terms of the front runners for the NFC title. Yeah, I mean, you know, the interesting thing is, are we going to be at the same place with Aaron Rodgers at the start of the 2023 season if – if the if the Packers and, and Devontae Adams cannot work out a long term deal, because you know if you're in Devontae Adams, you have one massive contract ahead of you, right? So he's had all of this incredible success and you know and, and his stats with Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers is is 38 years old. So are you gonna are you gonna put up those numbers? You're gonna get that contract. Do you want to play with a quarterback who is gonna be in his 40s, or are you gonna look to go to a team 
that they have a, a young, studded quarterback where your numbers could be outrageous as well and move on from Green Bay. Because to me, I don't necessarily think Devontae Adams, his camp has been negotiating in good faith. I, I think that they – that he, that I think Green Bay really wants to sign into a long-term deal. I just don't think he really wants to do that with Green Bay. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. And if they do sign into a long-term deal after paying Rodgers four years, two hundred million, how are they going to keep these other players that they need to to be a successful team, especially on the defensive side of the football? So a lot of interesting moving parts. Um, with the Green Bay Packers, uh, especially now, more of the emphasis, I believe, on, on, on Adams, you know, in terms of a long-term deal. All right, so let's talk about the, the situation that Russell Wilson comes into uh, in, in Denver. Uh, not a good season in Seattle. The, the, you know, it just looked awful all year long in Seattle, quite frankly. And I think, you know, we noticed that there was – ongoing issues. I, I would say chemistry was a problem on this team. And maybe, maybe we saw the writing was on the wall that this was going to eventually happen. It almost happened. At least the thought was almost happened last year before the season where it was a potential that, that Russell Wilson was going to be traded. It didn't happen. And Russell Wilson said all the th- right things publicly, but now he lands in Denver, uh, a decent offensive line, a tremendous young rookie running back. Uh, by the way, Gordon is a free agent, so he's not there right now. It's just Javante Williams backed up by Mike Boone, the former Viking. Uh, we know this is a very talented receiving court. They made it a point to sign all of those guys. Well, on, uh, Judy's still on his rookie contract, but they extended Cortland Sutton. They extended Tim Patrick. They know they traded Noah Font in this, but we know there's a decent bat, second tight end on this team, and Albert Ugobunum. So what, what is your view on Russell Wilson? Is this a situation where, by the way, he's in a division which is very talented with both Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes in it, uh, and I don't want to slight Derek Carr at all um, because he also had a fabulous season last year, but the Raiders will be in a, a transition year with a new football coach as well in Josh McDaniels. So remains to be seen how that kind of works out. But do, do you see Russell Wilson? Because to me – you know, there, there were times last year where, you know, you know, when Russell Wilson is allowed to do, or two years ago when he was allowed to kind of be himself and and be that play creator, that that's when all the good things did happen uh, in the passing game here. Do you think that Russell Wilson still has, as a relatively young guy still, uh, by NFL quarterback standards, uh, the ability to still be very successful at the NFL level? Yeah, I, I do. I really do. And uh, I think he's going into, you know, a good situation. I think I'll, maybe that coaching staff was a little stagnant with the Seahawks. And now, you know, there's a lot of new, exciting situations going on with the Broncos. You know, not only Russell Wilson there, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, who Aaron Rodgers thinks the world of, head coach and their offensive play calling, and they got good young players. And uh, yeah, I think there's there's a there's a there's a lot of a lot of reasons to be optimistic. And yes, yeah, true, you got the Chargers, the Raiders, and certainly Kansas City uh, in that division. It makes for it makes for a very very tough division. But there's a lot of reasons to 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 be optimistic about the Seahawks for the upcoming season. And to answer your question directly, yeah, I think Russell Wilson uh, is going to be right back in 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 in, in that. Mix. Is the, at the head, and in the first tier of quarterbacks, uh, you know, with that system, with the coordinator, with the coaching staff, all of that, uh, a lot of reasons for optimism uh, in terms of Russell Wilson and the Broncos as well. 
Two other quarterbacks I want to talk about was um, one who actually has an interesting backup uh, who could be a byproduct in uh, in trade talks. But I want to talk about Kyler Murray and I want to talk about Lamar Jackson. Um, Kyler Murray, some some weird stuff happened in the preseason. Uh, sorry, in, in this postseason so far, where he took down anything related to the Cardinals on his social media pages. Uh, I did come out with a statement saying that you know, well, at least his agent, I believe, came out with a statement saying he wanted to be part of the future uh, in, in Arizona. And then the situation where the Ravens have to figure out what they're going to do. Number one, with Lamar Jackson, and number two, if teams come knocking for a quarterback. In their backup, Tyler Huntley, who certainly showed signs of being a successful NFL quarterback uh, when Jackson was out uh, with injuries this year. Yeah, so let's take Kyler Murray first. Um, yeah, every time there's, there's smoke, there's some fire. I mean, you know, Russell Wilson was doing kind of the same stuff the last couple of years with his, you know, with, you know, taking, you know, posting different things. You know, with the agent. <laughs> Saying here are the teams, Russell. You know, it's the strangest. It's the strangest thing. So, I mean, yeah, I like Kyler Murray. He's perfect for that system. But you know, on the other side, when it mattered most, uh, he didn't play well. Um, I, I just, I just feel like he's an electric player, right? And his legs and his running is a big part of his game. But can he? In, in a similar way to Lamar Jackson, if they're down by 10, 14 points in the fourth quarter and teams are just not rushing upfield in a way that's going to allow him to run, can he be a pocket passer and drive teams down the field? I'm not, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more confident in Kyler Murray than I am with Lamar Jackson about that. So I, I just don't know. But you've been talking about this for a while now, about teams who give their quarterbacks all this kind of money and it kind of hamstrings them in terms of the rest of their personnel. And uh, I think this is not an easy call for either one of these two players where you just say, yeah, give them 40 million a year, each guy. I, I, I'm a little dubious about doing that with, with each of those two quarterbacks. Yeah. So I, you know, again, this, this is, you know, these are young players, right? These, these players that have had success early on in their career, uh, but to your point, is two seasons in a row where Kyler Murray really, th- you know, his season ended with a thud in the last two seasons. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how that kind of, and granted, this year he was without um, De- uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, right, for the for the second half of the year. He basically, I think he played one game in the second half of the year. So, uh, certainly an impact on the rest of the football team. But, yeah, it, uh, like I said, there's just so many moving parts. I'm excited to kind of watch it all. And, you know, it kind of feeds into the draft, as we talked about, other positions. I think I feel like it's kind of interesting what's going on in Dallas as well. Um, you know, you mentioned some guys being signed. So Dalton Schultz got signed for the Cowboys. But the guy that didn't get signed was Amari, Am- Amari Cooper. And, I, I, you know, it looks like they're going to invest in both CeeDee Lamb, obviously, uh, still on his rookie deal. But Michael Michael Gallup is going to get a contract. And Amari Cooper is going to be playing football somewhere else this year, Was Yeah, I mean, speaking of the Ravens, that could be a landing spot that makes sense for the Ravens. I mean, that would be a type of fit that would be, I think, good. Um for the Ravens and, you know, and, and, and that type of player give, give them, you know, another player on the outside that they could threaten the opposing team with because that passing game 
is just not good. I mean, I like some of the stuff we saw from Bateman last year, but I just feel their 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 passing game uh, is is lacking. That you know, but again, how do you pay? How do you how do you accomplish both of those things? How do you give Lamar Jackson another contract for all kinds of money and then still have the money to be competitive to get a, a wide receiver like Amari Cooper? So that's the line that you have to toe, and it's 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 not easy. But uh, I agree with you that that really looks like you know what Dallas is going to do. They've kind of like I guess in their minds, moved on from Amari Cooper. Yep, that's the way it looks. And, you know, you take into account as well in the offseason, we have a number of coaching changes that have taken place. We're going to have new faces in, you know, on a number of these teams. Uh, Miami Dolphins, new head coach in, in, in Mike McDaniel. Uh, obviously, new coach, as we mentioned, for, for the Raiders. Uh, you know, the Giants, new head coach, right? So the, the, the Vikings. The Vikings. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's just immense change. The Houston Texans with Lovey Smith down there. So, so yeah, we, we just come into the 2022 season slash 2023 season with, with just so many moving parts. And I think, you know, as a, as a fantasy owner, we've kind of talked about this before, you know, to start looking at things in August and, you know, as, as for the first time, that's not when you want to do do that stuff. If you're expecting to be a competitive player in, in fantasy, it really starts now in kind of paying attention to what teams are going to be doing uh, and, uh, across all positions, right? Because there's an impact on, on both sides of the football, depending on what teams and the directions that they decide to go. Uh, there's a number of young, talented players, and the league is in transition right now, right? We, we've lost a number of older, talented players. Guys are retiring, moving on. In some cases, you see a lot of guys retiring early. Earlier, right, um, uh, the the uh, Mappert uh, from um, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive lineman, 27, 28 years old, he decided to retire at an early age. So you know the NFL is changing. Um, I, I, I'm quite excited to see what happens. Obviously, with the draft this year, uh, I get the Giants, my football team, with two picks in the top ten. The Jets as well, two t- two picks in the top ten. So yeah, it's just I'm quite excited for this off season. Um, you know. Got a good glimpse of some of what happened in the combine, but I think next week you guys have so many moving parts when it comes to players leaving and going. Yeah, I think I think the the, the real trend in coaching now is, you know, I just feel like when these guys, the Bill Belichick's and and some of these older coaches you know, uh, you know, eventually retire, the league just seems to be now predicated on who can get these offensive minds in there. The game is about scoring. The game is about points. The game is about not touching the quarterback, not touching the receivers. And you just see these teams kind of look at the Rams blueprint where they had this Jeff Fisher and he was one of these old coaches, not, not an old, old guy, but like these, these they're kind of more defensive type coaches and teams have just said the heck with that. We're following the blueprint of the Rams. We're going to get guys like Matt LaFleur in there. And then you see all the stuff that's going on. The Bills are bringing Dable and the Vikings going offensive minded, the the, the Broncos going offensive minded, the, the, the Dolphins going offensive minded. You just feel like this is the trend and this is what teams are doing and uh i think i think really this is uh the trajectory that we're going to see continued uh in the nfl certainly for the short term a lot of young coaches and we saw that on full display right i I think there were a number of people who questioned the signing of zach taylor right by the cincinnati bengals to be their hood coach uh a guy that worked under under sean mcveigh 
Uh, and, and all of a sudden, lo and behold, uh, you know, Taylor is in a Super Bowl, right? Uh, you know, and I think, uh, you know, quite amazing what's happened, you know, in, in, and I think the, the coaching, the, the average age of coaches in the NFL has had to drop just dramatically in the last five years. Yeah, it really, it really has. And, you know, it looks like this is just the trend in the wave of, of the NFL. And, uh, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. And that's, I think, what the, what the theory is of some of these teams with their hiring. They're not really concerned with experience at this point. I mean, they're, they're, they're okay with on-the-job training. They're more interested with creativity, analytics, all of those things is just a new way of the NFL, and uh, it's, it's leading to, I believe, a lot more points and, 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 and definitely innovative offensive play calling, which uh, I always like and I know you enjoy as well. Oh, yeah, no question. And, you know, it's funny. Sean McVay, as young as he is, was, he's got a coaching tree already. Right, well, you look at it. You ta- yeah, Taylor in Cincinnati, Staley in 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 the Chargers, and uh, now uh, O'Connell, who's going to be uh, coaching your Vikings, right? So, yeah, yeah. It, it's quite amazing. At the young age that Sean McVay is at, he has a coaching tree already. Yeah, and I, I'm, you know, I'm in a, di- you know, we're 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 in a dynasty, you know, league against each other, and uh, I have Jalen Waddle, and I was very happy to see. The, the comment from the Dolphins coach where they uh, asked him, uh, you know, you know, you know, you look like you have an electric second year player in Jalen Waddle. You know, what do you think about him? And, and his comment was, it's just so funny the, the world we're living in. And he just said, yeah, I would draft him in all fantasy leagues. <laughs> I, it's just like, you know, it just, it just, you know, fantasy football and everybody thinks about it and everybody's involved in it. And, uh, it's just so funny that that's kind of like the quote from the coach regarding a player, uh, um, you know, and and that's uh, and that's and that's uh, that's really what it's all about is, uh, and that's what we're trying to do and uh, help people with that and uh, learn along the way and, uh, and, uh, and 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 give a different perspective and outlook to people who are playing in fantasy football, whether it's uh, your first year your first few years or whether you've been playing for a long time, there's always things to learn from it. Uh, and, and even you and I learn things uh, on a yearly basis that we haven't realized. And so there, this is what we're trying to do. And uh, I hope everybody is uh, having as much fun as we are. Yeah. And I'm, I am going to be curious of what one trend was. I think, you know, I, I just think two years in a row now you've seen elite running backs just underperform when it comes to fantasy and I'm very curious to see both in auction leagues and in snake draft leagues how people treat the running back position. You mentioned McCaffrey. I don't know where. If, I don't know if he's going to be starting at running back for for the Panthers or somewhere else. But I really wonder how much of a discount do running backs trade at for this coming year? My, my guess is there will be a reaction uh, by the fantasy community. Uh, to what's happened at running back to last the last two seasons, uh, I think we've seen full display of it, and I think uh, that's what I'm most curious about how that gets treated. Uh, you know, kind of in the mock draft world when we get into it, kind of starting in July, uh, are people going to rethink strategies when it comes to running backs? Because I think NFL teams have done that's what NFL teams have done. So I'm curious to see how it kind of plays out in fantasy circles. Yeah, I think a couple of players specifically, you know, that fall in that in that grouping, let's say like Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley. And I just feel these two guys have just gotten a pass 
by the fantasy football community. It doesn't matter if they've been injured. It doesn't matter if they've missed the entire year. It doesn't matter if, if it looks clearly like, in the case of Elliott, that he slowed down. I'm just wondering, in this upcoming season, will these two players get another pass, or, in my opinion, rightfully so, should they be bypassed and not even be considered first-round picks? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, right? I, I'm, I'm going to lean on, on younger and, and, and in situations that I think um, are, are less murky when it comes to injury history. And I think right now, unfortunately, for those two players that you just mentioned, the injury history has just followed them uh, in, in, a, in a very distinct manner um, in the last couple of seasons. So uh, as a result, I think uh, being gun-shy makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I just feel like name recognition should only be given a pass for a certain amount of time. I mean, I just look at Ezekiel Elliott, and I, I really feel like Pollard is the better player. Um, he's kind of, I feel, at worst, a 50-50 split at best. Pollard could kind of take over. But I just wonder if in these fantasy football mob drafts, and are they still going to have Ezekiel Elliott as a first-round pick? I, I don't even... I never considered that in my in, in in the last few years. I know he keeps going in the first round over and over again. I've not had him. You've not had him. But I'm just wondering: is it time? Do you think that the fan, the rest of the fantasy football community has said, "Yeah, I'm taking a pass on him," or are they going to give him and and take one Barkley another chance? and keep having them in the first 12 picks, which I think is outrageous. Yeah, same here. I agree, Wiz. Wiz, I'm going to put you on the spot here. We, we didn't talk about this, but I'm going to – it's it's obviously very early on. Jonathan I have, Taylor. What's that? <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. Are you going to ask you who the number one pick will be? No, okay. no I wasn't going to ask you that. But I'm going to ask you right now. You sit here right here. It's 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 early May uh, March. Uh, it's a cold day here in the New York metropolitan area. Uh, we're thinking about probably you know, five months from now, you know, teams playing in sweaty conditions and training camps. Is there something right now, right here, right now, some kind of nugget uh, that like something that you that maybe the average person wouldn't expect or what have you? Is there something kind of on your radar as we sit here right now as a potential surprise for the upcoming season? Yeah, there actually is. I've been thinking about it the last day, and you mentioned it so briefly. I think there's a real, real chance Albert Okwabunam can be an electrifying tight end this year. What and You talk about going to bed with Drew Locke as your quarterback and being second fiddle to Noah Font, and then you wake up the next day and you're the starting tight end and you got Russell Wilson coming in, and we know what he did with guys like Will Disley and other characters in Seattle. He's one guy that I am really keeping my eyes on. I, I just think there is a world of potential that hasn't been opened up. So now you're adding opportunity, a top potential five quarterback with an offensive-minded coach, that could, that could be jackpot. So very specifically to your question, I'm looking at Albert Okwabunam as somebody to keep my eye on in all formats this year. Interesting, 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 interesting. And, you know, a tight end, we, you know, we talked about this last year going into drafts, and, I, and my approach will probably be the same, especially – 
think next year Travis Kelsey will be 33 years old. Um, you know, I, it's a position where there's a lot of young talent, but there's some depth to it, right? We've seen, we've mentioned a couple of names on this. Kasiki got uh, given his, um, uh, he, he was signed to a, uh, what's what am I looking for? Franchise. Franchise tag. Uh, Dalton Schultz signed to a franchise tag, right? So it's a deep position still, Wiz. There's, a, there's a, lot, a, lot, a lot of talent at the tight end position in the NFL, um, I'm very curious to see how a lot of these situations, you know, play out in the off season. Uh, I, I don't have an answer to the question that, I, that you just gave me. If you were to give me that question back, I, 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 I thought you were about to make a, a bold statement that you didn't think Travis Kelsey was going to be their overall number one tight end this year. I thought that's where you were going with that. No, I'm, I'm not going to, but I, I wouldn't go there. I, I just, you know, there's, there's still a lot of dynamism uh, in in this offense, uh, and obviously they return almost all of it. So, but no, no, I'm not ready to make that de- declaration, but he will be 33 next year, right? So that that, that is right. something to consider for, for a lot of folks. Um, but yeah, I, I am very, very excited for, for this offseason. And uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna help people along the way. So uh, great job as always, Wiz, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, once again, uh, we've had a lot of fun doing this uh, over the course of the last couple of years. Uh, we're going to continue to help people. Uh, you know, it's, it's been lots of fun doing it. Uh, I hope we. I hope people have uh, enjoyed kind of our shifting around too in terms of format. And uh, Wiz and I have had a lot of fun, and we're going to continue to have fun doing this. Absolutely. All right, Wiz. Have a great night, and we will talk later. You got it.